When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All I want is just to make up new words to a song that already exists. Put it in. Weird Al has taken the world by storm. Name me one creative genius that doesn't have a checkered past involving alcohol. That's the medicine. And drugs. You're all just a bunch of normals. I'm the weird one. I think Madonna's a bad influence. What? No offense. Hello movie viewers and movie lovers, my name is Tim Williams, the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by an 80s Flick-loving guest co-host to talk about one of the great and sometimes not-so-great movies from the 1980s. From blockbusters to cult classics to lesser-known treasures we discovered on cable TV or the now-defunct video rental stores from our childhood. No matter which 80s flick we choose for each episode, we have a lot of fun sharing first-time watch memories, discussing our favorite iconic scenes, and even learning some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and follow 80s Flick Flashback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave us a stellar written review and a five-star rating. You can also support the show by following us on our social media pages. Just search for 80s Flick Flashback on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And don't forget to check out our website, 80sflickflashback.com as well. If you want to take your support to the next level, you can become a financial partner for less than $10 a month. The link to financially support the podcast is located in our episode show notes. And while you're there, be sure to check out more fun facts and behind-the-scenes trivia we just weren't able to fit into today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now, on with the show. All right, well, welcome in, everybody. Boy, do we have a fun show and something a little out of the ordinary that we don't normally do. We're going to talk about a movie that did not come out in the 1980s. (laughs) But Weird, the Al Yankovic story, just released on Roku this past weekend. And as I was watching it, I sent my guest co-host here, Nicholas Pepin, a message and said, we have to talk about this movie. There's too much 80s nostalgia in it. And you can't, I mean, Weird Al is just a staple of the 80s. I mean, that was, and this whole movie is pretty much set in the 80s. Well, except for the early part of his childhood. But right. Uh, but anyway, but welcome in, Nicholas. You ready to talk about this one? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have been a Weird Al fan for as long as I can remember. I distinctly remember, I remember doing it where the memory fails. I think it was even worse, but it could have been uh, in 3D or Dare to be Stupid. Uh, mm-hmm. Going to a garage sale and they having the cassette on sale for like a quarter or 50 cents, <laughs> whatever it was. And like 
just like running home, finding my money, and then running back and buying it, and then just <laughs> listening to that cassette right. over and over again. And then I have bought every Weird Al album on on CD or on cassette since then. Like I have, I don't know if you remember or not in college me having the uh, like I know I would blare uh, the Weird Al Off the Deep End album in my car. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely mm-hmm. went and saw him. At, well, once when I was in college, so I was walk, walking around with the running with scissors shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I love Weird Al. I mean, you know, I know that uh, you're aware of that because of the pop culture roulette, the, the uh, field trip back in May when we went and saw him in concert. Right, right. You know, we did our own Weird Al themed episode then. So, I mean, this movie was right up our alley. And we, I mean, all three of us, full stamp of approval of how awesome this movie was. If you haven't, well, you know, spoilers, we'll, I'll say that up front. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. Uh, if you don't have a Roku, I think that you can actually go to Roku.com and you can still watch it online. Like you don't have to have a Roku to watch it, I think. I, I think if you have a streaming device that isn't Roku, you can still download the Roku app. Okay. And watch um, it that way. And watch it that way. I think. Right. I don't know. My TV is a Roku TV. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a Roku. So I was able to watch it. But yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the movie. This is not like any of our other episodes. This is the only '80s flick flashback episode you've ever listened to. This is not our normal format. Any of that kind of stuff. It's just I just want to have do something a little different. It's a weird. It's a weird bonus episode to talk about Weird Al and the Weird Al movie. So I'll let you go first. Was this movie what you expected it to be? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I. When they were talking about doing it, I'm like, well, first off, Weird Al is such a, like, I mean, he's such a boring person. <laughs> like, I mean, he's funny. I mean, yeah. he is he is a great comedian, and his mind works in ways that I don't think we most of us could ever understand. But like, as a human being, like he's a like a vegetarian, maybe even vegan. Like okay. he, you yeah, know, he. He is uh like any song that you've heard attributed to him that has a cuss word in it is not him. Like he's never right. Like right. he is super clean, you know, very family friendly. When I went and saw him in concert back in May, like the amount of uh fathers with sons mm-hmm. was astounding. Like just the amount of young children in the audience. Because you knew you could safely bring them there and not worry about it. Um but it was Instead of being an actual biopic, it was a parody of biopics. Like, but so, I mean, like, when it came down to it, like, that's what you get out of Weird Al. Like, you're not getting a real movie. You're getting right. a parody. Right. So, right. And it, and it was almost a pitch perfect parody, too, because, like, it wasn't like we're going to take this scene and just redo it. Where, you know, they're, you know, they took the tropes of mm-hmm. the, you know, the angry parents and the, right. you know, the everybody's out to get you and then being the, the rebel and the rebel and the drunk, the drunk and the drug addict mm-hmm. or, or, you know, the smoking, like stuff that he doesn't do in real life. The love interest that takes him off focus. Right. You know, Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say that I was expecting it to be funny. But I thought it was going to be more like you know, he's going to tell his story. So then about 15 minutes in, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be a complete parody of biopics. I was like, I should have known that. Like, I I, I kind of was kicking myself for, for thinking it was going to be something different. But when you go in with that mentality of knowing that it becomes so much more enjoyable because oh, yeah. you can take every joke the way it's meant to be. 
that it's it's he's totally poking fun at the biopics that we've seen. Yeah, uh, you know every biopic that's ever been made, which it, I mean, the, which the, makes it even funnier as it goes along. Right. The the biggest one that I really kind of hinged on, at least the beginning part, had to be like Walk the Line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I know there was some Bohemian Rhapsody and some other stuff in there as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I just I thought Daniel Radcliffe did such a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, I'm part of an '80s group on Facebook. A couple of them. And somebody was like, "Oh, I'm not going to watch this movie because Daniel Radcliffe was the, is an awful choice. He looks nothing like Weird Al." And I'm like, "I wasn't the first person to say it. I was like, I was like, you're missing the point. Like, right. the whole point is that it's making fun of biopics because you don't think he's a good part person for the role adds to why he's perfect right. for the role. Well, and I mean, the the parts where Daniel Radcliffe was taking his shirt off, like mm-hmm. Weird Al on his best day, never looked like that. <laughs> right, exactly." But let's talk about some of the cameos. So the cameos in this movie were fantastic. Another one of my favorite parts of the movie, the the uh, pool scene at Dr. Demento's house was probably one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jack Black as Wolfman Jack, which I thought was spot on. Uh, Conan O'Brien as Andy Warhol, which I thought was great. There were some other people in there that I know I didn't, I recognize, but I couldn't think of their names at the time. Um, two of the three Lonely Island guys were there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as Alice Cooper and oh, I can't remember who the other one was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dimitri Martin was uh, Tiny okay. Tim. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I can't remember who. I mean, like David Bowie was there. Alice. I mean, just, yeah, they had so yeah, many. They had so many people. Like I spent. Ha- I need to rewatch the movie because mm-hmm. I spent half that scene going. Who's that supposed to be? Who's that right, supposed to be? Right, right. You almost yeah. have to freeze frame different shots. Like, okay, let me figure out who all these people are yeah. are supposed to like, be. Like, uh, I mean, Emo Phillips was Salvador Dali. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, Emo Phillips, the only reason Emo Phillips is even on my radar is well, other than the fact that he's an 80s guy. Yeah. Um, is that I saw he opened for Weird Al when we went and saw him. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I hadn't thought of Emo other than that one scene in UHF. I mean, I've not, you know, I've been <laughs> right. aware of Emo Phillips for because he's got that weird voice. And yeah, that, you know, kind of. I remember seeing his stand-up comedy stuff in the like late '80s, early '90s. I think he's he's bizarre. He's, he's very bizarre. One. Yeah. Uh, so him being Salvador Dali kind of really fit, I think. And now these messages. <sighs> what seems to be the problem, pal? There's just so much pain in the world, so many issues, I don't think I can bear it. Well, friendo, it sounds like you could use a dose of pop culture roulette. Pop culture roulette? What's that? Some sort of pop culture themed podcast or something? That's right, sonny boy. When hope seems far, dive into some PCR! But I already get my entertainment news from Variety. Huh, that's pretty good. If you're a chucklehead, PCR gives you news you need, condensed, unfiltered, and raw, from three nerds who know a little something about something. Wow, okay, sign me up. That's the spirit. Pop Culture Roulette. New episodes every Monday, available on all major podcast directories. Hey, 80s Flick lovers, just want to take a few minutes and say thanks again for listening to the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. We don't have any shout-outs to new subscribers this time, but if you'd like to support the podcast on a monthly basis through buymeacoffee.com 
We do offer three tiers of support. We have Cult Classic for $5 a month, Be Kind, Please Rewind for $10 a month, and Box Office Blockbuster for $15 a month. You can even receive an 80s flick flashback t-shirt if you become a Box Office Blockbuster member. So don't miss out. You can also leave a one-time donation for $5 or more if you choose. Just go to our website, 80sflickflashback.com, or the link in the show notes for more details and how to start your subscription membership. We'll always offer free episodes. We'll never put any of our past seasons or episodes behind a paywall, but it does cost money to keep the podcast running. Since the creation of the podcast, I've personally paid monthly for the website, the Zoom account, various movie rentals and streaming subscriptions, marketing tools, and any other miscellaneous expenses that pop up from time to time. If you love the show, then please consider being one of our subscription members through buymeacoffee.com. Every little bit helps, and it's greatly appreciated. Hey, you can also support the show by buying an official logo t-shirt, sweatshirt, or sticker from our brand new online store. There are multiple styles and colors to choose from, so go check out the selection also on our website as well as the link in the show notes. If you want to do something special for my birthday coming up in November or just for the holidays, you can find my Amazon wish list at the link in the show notes. I've compiled a list of Blu-rays and DVDs that I want to add to my collection, some are 80s, some are not, as I move away from digital content and back to physical copies. Hey, if you love 80s pop music and movie soundtracks as much as I do, you can also find the 80s flick flashback movie songs mix playlist on Apple Music. It's full of hit songs like Footloose, Ghostbusters, and Purple Rain, as well as some deeper cuts from 80s flicks like Catch Me Now and Falling from Hiding Out, Rhythm of the Night from The Last Dragon, and Babysitting Blues from Adventures in Babysitting. This would have been my ultimate movie soundtrack mixtape growing up if I could have found a cassette tape to hold seven hours worth of songs. Thanks again for listening. I really do appreciate every one of you, and I'm amazed each week to watch the number of new listeners grow. It's because of you and your support that the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast is still going strong. Let's keep the fun going. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's just talk about some of the favorite scenes. Let's just just go that way, go that route. So I loved this is when I knew like, oh, this is a straight up parody. I mean, there were other parts before this, but this is when I was like, okay, they're really going for the parody when he's like, okay, I just mailed off my cassette single to the record producer. So I'm ready to be a star. And I was like, oh, well, that does, you don't just, you gotta work. You can't just, you know, put in the mail and stuff happen overnight. He's like, oh, I guess you're right. Sits down and turns on the radio. It's like, I just got this new, uh, this new tape from a guy named Weird Al Yankovic. It's already our most requested song and it's our first time playing it. It's like, you know, it's, it's that, that kind of, uh, writing whatever yeah. and uh then when he goes to was the first time he's going to play it live with the accordion and then all of his roommates start playing you know become yeah. the band because like i don't know you guys played instruments we didn't think it was relevant until right now you know uh just yeah, that, that kind of stuff is just that's it's comedy gold and it's comedy. and and to know that weird al co-wrote the movie yeah. it's I- it's got his stamp of approval on it all the way through one of my favorite scenes was when the, the Will Forte cameo as one of the Scotty yes. brothers yeah. was just berating Weird Al, like Daniel Radcliffe's Weird Al, and mm-hmm. Weird Al himself as yeah. the other Scotty brother was kind of like, yeah. whoa, 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 let's let's calm that, let's bring that down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and I saw an interview with Radcliffe. He said that uh, when uh, Weird Al was actually on set in the wig, nobody knew that was who. They didn't know who he was. They just thought he was like an extra walking around because. He didn't look like himself. Uh, 
which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Is it Evan Rachel Wood who plays Madonna? I think that's her name. Yes. She was great, which <laughs> to have Madonna as like the female nemesis uh, who's only out to like wreck his career, I just thought was so funny. And she was really good in that role as well. Like it's definitely a, we want to hope is a fictionalized version of who Madonna is, but to these days, do we know what's fictionalized I, and what's well, not? Other other than the fact that Madonna clearly isn't running the Pablo Escobar uh, drug cartel. <laughs> I, uh, right. And wasn't responsible for Weird Al's murder. Because um, <laughs> he's still alive. Right. I know that like trending on when, when the first trailer came out or even like, you know, over the weekend trending was, did Weird Al and Madonna really have a relationship? Mm-hmm. No, they were friends because, you know, they ran in similar circles. And, right, right. Like my, my understanding of it is, is that he doesn't take suggestions from people. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if he didn't come up with it or somebody in the band, like, like if a band or like a, you know, like it's like, Hey, I want you to do the song and you should do this. That he's mm-hmm. not going to listen. But I, from what I've heard, Madonna, like he said, he wanted to do like a virgin and mm-hmm. she suggested like a surge. Okay. So, I mean, there are elements of truth to the movie. Like oh, his, yeah. first, his first accordion was from a door to door salesman. Mm-hmm. However, his dad did not proceed to beat the door-to-door <laughs> salesman nearly to death. Uh, poor, t- poor was it Tom Lennon? Is that yeah, guy? Tom he's Lennon, so, yeah. he's so funny. He was great. His first song was "My Bologna," and mm-hmm. Doctor Demento really did was really instrumental in getting his career going. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny because, like, the first time he went to go singing, like saying, "I was like, because I've listened to Weird Al so much, I immediately knew that that was just lip sync." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but Jess was like, my wife was like, oh, I think that might be Daniel Radcliffe. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I know that voice. I know it. I know it so well. Another one of my favorite scenes is the end credits, where you have all the pictures. And at first, you're like, you got real pictures of Weird Al as a kid. I'm like, oh, they're gonna show some real stuff. And then, like, I think it's after the picture of like him and Madonna at a party, which is a real picture. Right. Then you start seeing like the photoshopped pictures of him with other people and you know, other things in the movie that we know weren't true. And there are just so many little nods here, there, like as, as a big time weird Al fan that like I picked up on, like um in the Pablo, in the Pablo Escobar scene where he finally has enough and he shoots him. Mm-hmm. When Pablo Escobar is like, we, I thought we could be friends. We could join the Columbia record house together. Like there's a weird yeah. Al song called Albuquerque where mm-hmm. like the whole thing, like he has this, he meets this woman, he falls in love, they have kids. And then like, she goes, we think, I think we should join the Columbia record house. And he's like, Whoa, that's too much of a commitment. And like, he leaves her. <laughs> so like, I know that there's so, and I know I missed some, I know. I, mm, I oh yeah. 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 In a perfect yeah. world, I would have watched it again before we talked about it. Um, but we recorded, we were recording two episodes at the same time, not for you guys to know, but just right, give you yeah. context. But the other thing, the other scene that I thought was so hilarious was when he says that he wrote eat it. <laughs> and then Michael Jackson wrote beat it afterwards. And so like, he's on the phone with, you know, Scott, when the Scotty brothers weird Al as one of the Scotty brothers. And he's like, how, how can he do this? He's going to take, he's going to make a parody of songs, a original song that I wrote. And it's like, wait, isn't that what you do? That whole scene to him banging the, the phone. I was just like, I was laughing. I mean, that scene was so funny to me. Oh yeah. Because once yeah. again, it's the, it's the, it's the comedy element of, that you know that the 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 twisting the idea on its on its head but then it's the overreaction of the artist that you see in all the 
biopic. So it's like it's following that same formula, which yeah. I thought was great. I do I do wonder, you know, like a lot of other movies that, you know, have kind of gone that route or like, you know, they they're kind of a fictionalized telling of mm-hmm. true events. Right. In in the future, if people aren't gonna be like, No, I'm pretty sure he did write Eat It First before <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then speaking of that, so of course Amish Paradise, which yeah. came out and well into the nineties, that still show in this movie happened in nineteen eighty five, which is very common in biopics. That stuff is told out of chronological order yeah. uh for the sake of the story. Um, I I mean I I know why they chose some of the early songs because those were some of his first songs, those mm-hmm. those first but it, it just it was really like I was curious to like i would have been interested to be in the writer's room to see where they debated like do we do you know amish paradise or white and dirty mm-hmm. or you know what some of the other really big parodies that happened other than you know amish paradise mm-hmm. uh, yeah and the fact that they like they brought up fat but then didn't yeah <laughs> yeah i was I, yeah when his mom was like when his mom gained the weight just like well you know i'm fat and it's like I was like, okay, is that? I thought he was gonna lead into that. Him writing that well, song next. Well, and and then they go into the whole Amish history. Yeah, and then and then he's like, no, <laughs> wait a minute, forget. What was that about? And then like you're like, oh, okay, they're gonna do fat. And then they're, his parents are like, but we just gave you this whole Amish. <laughs> right, right. So many cameos that like it's it's hard. It was I missed a couple of them. Look, looking through IMDb, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that that was Scott Ackerman or that was. Mm-hmm. You know, so and so like that, like that was such a small cameo. Like I didn't even notice, you know, that was who that was. But, you know. Yeah, I was kind of going through and looking at some of the names and trying to say, OK, who, oh, oh, of course, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's like the first cameo to see as the surgeon and that opening sequence, which I thought was which I thought was great. Right. And uh, I didn't even catch that that was him until they, you know, he came, he came back, back in, to that know, part. Yeah, yeah. Then I was like, oh, now I know who that guy. is. <laughs> Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento, which I think was perfectly cast. No, he was yeah. perfect for that. I didn't realize it was Dietrich Bader was the actual narrator. Um, right. Yeah. I, I couldn't figure out who it was, but as soon as I saw that Dietrich Bader did it, I was like, okay, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he does that, that deep gravelly uh, voice pretty well. Patton Oswalt was the heckler. Yeah. Uh, Michael uh-huh. McKean, I recognized him as the sleazy MC. Uh, yeah, and there were and there were a couple people that are like, oh, this was a cameo, and I'm like, I don't even know who that person is ever, you know. Yeah, like I guess the Pablo Escobar guy was was a pretty big cameo, but I didn't recognize him. Yeah, I didn't recognize. I thought he was someone else actually. When I went before, like the first couple of scenes, they didn't really show him as a close up. I guess he was on a show called Broad City, which was a comedy. Yeah, I, that's I how didn't. I really know him. But yeah, Jorma Tacone from uh, Lonely Island. Or is it is it Lonely Island? Yeah, yeah, yeah Lonely Island. He played Pee Wee Herman. That's ah, he, that's yeah. that's that's. I can't believe I forgot Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, I I was actually kind of surprised they didn't get Pee Wee Herman to play Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I guess that wouldn't have really fit with what they were doing with the rest of you know. Because mm-hmm. the other the other guy from Lonely Island, not Andy Sandberg, uh, Akiva Akiva was uh, Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. Quinta Brunson, Oprah Winfrey. Oh yeah, she was good. Uh, I didn't realize it was Josh Groban as the waiter. I missed. I that didn't one. either. I, I I saw that in the credits. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. Great cameos. Once again, 
I think we'll, we'll kind of we'll start kind of wrapping it up. I mean, we, like I said, this was just going to be kind of our reactions to the movie and uh, talking about how much fun it yeah. was. I will say, like, is is it is what I thought it would be, and I mm-hmm. was re. I mean, and it ended up being every bit as good as I hoped. I was afraid that it was going to be like super cheesy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was afraid, but you know, I feel like I think because they they didn't try to take it very seriously. Like ha- I think had they tried to actually do like Weird Al's life story, mm-hmm. and, and there's like, nothing you know, there, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like you know, I don't know if it works. I mean, I mm-hmm. think so. Doing it the way they did it, getting Dan- and I thought Daniel Radcliffe actually kind of did a really good job of looking like mm-hmm. Weird Al, oh, except yeah. for you know being the totally ripped version of right, of- and being about. What two feet, two or three feet shorter? Because Weird Al is a tall guy. Daniel yeah. Radcliffe's like barely five eight, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that is true. He is really short. <laughs> and I gotta say, seeing Weird Al live uh, just a couple months ago, mm-hmm. the the man being in his early sixties um, does not stop moving on set on on stage. Mm-hmm. Like he's still got it. Like he, I the tour I saw him on was called like the ridiculously self indulgent. <laughs> tour so like he only did his originals he didn't do any of the oh really okay any of the parodies gotcha. um i think mainly because like when he does the parodies like he does a lot of costume changes yeah yeah which we kind of saw and, in the movie too right you know he did you know he did a lot of that when, a couple times i've seen him before like there's just a lot of production with like fake interviews and and like a lot of like the weird al tv that he did in the late 90s mm-hmm. or even uhf style you know concert mm-hmm. stuff and i just part of me thinks he's doing his what he's doing now because like he is in his 60s and it is it is a lot of work mm-hmm. to do the other you know to do the other thing uh but man even sitting on the stool the whole time like he doesn't stop those arms <laughs> and legs are just flailing around. The hair's flailing around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, he's. I mean, he still got it. I mean, he's yeah. still really good. But. Yeah, I will say, like my my former pastor was a huge Weird Al. I mean, I guess he still is a huge Weird Al fan. And him and his son and his kids, his family, they've been to the concerts before. But remember us having a conversation because I was a I was a music music minister there, worship leader, whatever. And we had a conversation one day about. Because the church we were at, we were doing multiple, you know, it was multi-generational, multiple cultural, multicultural. So different genres we are always trying to incorporate. And he talked about how Weird Al has to have like one of the best bands ever because he covers so many genres and does so, does so many styles that they have to be the best at what they do. And I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense that his band has to be really good. Oh, uh, and the and the fact that it's the same three guys, like yeah. basically from the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. I've been on this campaign for longer than I've been doing podcasts. Weird Al should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, yeah, you because about I mean, podcast, yeah. there is a an argument to be made that he is more famous than a lot of the people that he parodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there are definitely versions of his songs that are are more popular than the original versions. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And there are artists that he has outlived. Like, who remembers Rico Suave? But (laughs) I remember Taco Grande. Right, (laughs) right, right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, some of the ones, like, you know, he's not bigger than Michael Jackson or Madonna. or You know, maybe you could argue that he's not even bigger than Nirvana. But, like, 
chameleonaire with right right and dirty no clearly <laughs> white and nerdy is way more famous you know right right all right so let me ask you this question what was what was the first song of his that you remember like what was your first introduction to weird al i want to say it was either dare to be stupid or it was definitely like that's why i want to say even worse might have been the first album that i bought and i know that directly contradicts something that i just said on my (laughs) podcast but the more i think about it the more i want to say even worse so like i know there are definitely versions of the songs that i was hearing in the 80s that i had never heard the originals of Mm -hmm. until i heard his parodies first yeah yeah you know like i don't think i know who devo was until later (laughs) but i knew dare to be stupid now i know devo isn't like that dare to be stupid isn't a direct ripoff of a devo song but it's like Mm -hmm. one of the ones that he does it's like in the style of devo rather than just doing a devo Uh, song right i gotcha you know same thing like he did with like bob dylan like he's never done a direct bob dylan song but he did a song about bob dylan like kind of in that style yeah yeah. one of those kinds of things i guarantee you i heard that song you know hundreds of times before i was like wait devo's a real you know No, so I would say probably fat or or eat it like okay. one of those like in that vein, you know. Yeah. Like you know, because Michael Jackson was so big then that like mm-hmm. when his parodies came out and brought him, you know, the equal level of fame, you know. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 is that to me is probably where I was introduced to him first. Yeah, I like the first the first cassette of his I bought was even worse but i remember eat it i remember seeing the videos for eat it but the first video i ever saw of his and this was back i think this was either right when mtv started or was right before mtv started but like way way back probably before you were probably too young because i'm a little older than you a couple years older than you but when hbo was first getting started when they like the time between the movies coming on they would play you know they play commercials for the movies but then they would actually play they like here's a they would play like a move a music video. So that was the first time I saw like I think I saw Billy Joel's Uptown Girl for the first time okay. on, on there. But I remember the video for I Lost on Jeopardy. And I had not I didn't even know the original song. I just remember watching that video, like, what is this? Because I don't even think I even watched Jeopardy at that point in my life, but it was just a funny I could tell it was a funny song. So I think oh, yeah. I Lost on Jeopardy was the very first if my memory serves me correctly, was the very first Weird Al song that I heard. But then when he did Eat It after Beat It was such a big song, that's when I really kind of knew who he was and started to become like a fan of his, even though I didn't have any of his. I don't think I could even find his albums where I lived back then. Um oh. until he until he got until he got much better. Like when even worse, it was kind of like maybe the height of his popularity would you say i mean you know there are ebbs and flows of weird al because i would say you know in the mid late you know mid 80s when eat it and uh fat and like a Mm -hmm. surgeon he was pretty high and then he kind of went down a little bit and then i would say around off the deep end the when he had the nirvana right right he you know and then running with scissors like right after that Mm-hmm. Running with Scissors hat. No, Bad Hair Day was Amish Paradise. Oh yeah, Bad Hair Day. Yep. So yep. then, then he hit. You know, 
that you know that launched him back up into it mm-hmm. and then he kind of you know went down a little bit and then white and nerdy came out and then you know now i think he's just because he is who he is like you know he's just in that other stratosphere of musicians that mm-hmm. you know because you know, i know that last album he did uh mandatory fun was it mandatory fun or was it i don't know i know he won his grant well i know he's got i think he's got a couple grammys but i know he won the grammy for that that mandatory fun out if that's the last one and i should know better but <laughs> especially, especially since literally like two hours ago i was talking about it <laughs> you know and like i said there are definitely like you said with i lost in jeopardy even to this day i don't think i've ever heard the original <laughs> song you know but i know like the 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 uh, yoda like mm-hmm. cherry cola like I don't think I knew that was a parody song until like decades later. Right. When I, right. when I heard the original, I'm like, I know this too. Wait, wait, Yoda was a parody. Like, <laughs> right. I thought that was one of the originals. Yeah. I remember the first, the first cassette of his that I bought. I was shocked that there were original songs on it. You know, like I thought they were all parody songs until I listened to it. So. And now these messages. What's up, dudes? I'm Jerry D. of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, books, fashion, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, he's got it covered. Wait, is there a lot of things to talk about for the 80s and Christmas? Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooged, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas special. Plus classics shown every year. You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever, like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gag Me With The Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle, and Chant With The Littles. So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories. Later, dudes. Hey, everybody. Do you ever just sit around with your friends and reminisce about the days and how things used to be when you were a kid or a teenager or maybe even a young adult? The TV shows and the movies that you watched at the time and how things just aren't quite the same today? Well, let me tell you, I've got the place for you. My name is Chris Adams, and I'm the host of the podcast Retro Life for You. And here at Retro Life for You, we talk about and discuss movies and TV that is retro. And we are going back from the 80s and the 90s and into the 2000s. Hey, sometimes we might even touch back to the 70s if we're feeling good. If this is for you, make sure you look for us on everywhere that you can find your podcast at. Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google, Stitcher, or hosted on Anchor FM. And make sure you follow us on all the major networks and leave us a rating and a review. It really does help. Look forward to hearing from you. All right, well, let's start to wrap this up. But as I have to do, I have to talk about some trivia. So I jumped on IMDb real fast while we were talking. And I'm just going to read a couple of little trivia things about the movie because that's, you know, it's it's not a real 80s flashback podcast. We don't talk behind the scenes. The Yankovic bump is a real thing, though not to the level shown in the movie. Many artists have seen an uptick in sales after Yankovic released a parody. Nirvana credits him with an extra million units of Nevermind, 
and Chameleonaire has said his Grammy win was in part due to Yankovic's parody, which goes to your point that you were just talking about. But this was good. Originally, Freddie Mercury was supposed to be at the pool party scene, but Queen said no. They did, however, allow an appearance by John Deacon, which worked out because Deacon was the one who wrote Another One Bites the Dust for Queen. So that was Another One Rides the Bus is probably another one of my favorite Weird Al songs. So if Daniel Radcliffe had turned down the lead role, do you know who the filmmaker's next choice was? Um, I mean, I I read the trivia, so I... uh, Oh, you already know. Yeah, so I do know. But uh, Adam Adam Driver? Yeah, yeah. That could have been interesting as well, because Adam Driver is a very interesting actor. Yeah. He makes interesting choices <laughs> i don't think you would have it would have been the same as Rat- ratcliffe was well was well done and ratcliffe said in an interview that like he was not he did not know much about weird al as growing up so he really but his girlfriend and their family are huge weird al fans so he said he had kind of become indoctrinated in weird al through them so to be able to play the role he's like he, he was more nervous about their Okay. About them, their reaction of him playing the role than anybody else. So I I tell you what, Harry Potter withstanding, Daniel Radcliffe is becoming one of my favorite actors. Mm -hmm. He does some super weird movies. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, he, he may, I maybe because he's got that Harry Potter money, he doesn't have to. (laughs) Right. He's just doing whatever he wants to do now. He just gets to do whatever he wants, but you know. Now, I, you know, he, he, I just, I, it's a shame that this movie didn't go to theaters. Um, because, yeah. you know, that, that, the end song, the, the credit song won't be nominated for an Oscar because it's not technically eligible. Right. Um, even, right. even though the song said it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I saw that too. I don't know if Radcliffe would have been because, I mean, the critics do seem to love this movie, but I don't know if it's, you know, you know, if he if he would get the love come Oscar time that you know I think the he should only, get, but yeah, the only thing they could do is if, like, once it comes time for Oscar consideration, like whatever that deadline is, if Roku decides, oh, we'll put it in the theater for a week to make it eligible at that point, which I guess yeah. technically they could do that. Yeah, I don't know if because it's already streamed, if they have that eligibility anymore. Yeah. Because I don't know, I, Oscars have such weird rules, mm-hmm. and the, and they're they're changing them every year when it comes to streaming. <laughs> because I mean, we're they're trying you know, to keep still, up. Yeah, yeah, we're we're everybody's still making it up as we go along. So mm-hmm. you know, they they are trying to catch up. But you know, I mean, I think there's a good chance we'll see the song get an Emmy or a Grammy nomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. that last song was really good. I I mean, I literally wanted to watch the credits just to hear the whole song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm honestly surprised the wife sat down and watched it with me because mm-hmm. um, she's not a big fan of Weird Al like I am. Yeah, uh, but she did, and she thoroughly enjoyed it. She she was laughing. She had a good time with it. You now, now what I did not know, and this is the last little thing, and we'll wrap it up. But this the movie was based on an actual Funnier Die sketch from 2010. Oh yeah, yeah. And so in that one, in that one, it was Aaron Paul that was that played the role of. Uh, of Weird Al, so I'm gonna have to go back and find that because I didn't know that existed. So I'm hoping that at some point they do like a Blu-ray release. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'm sure they'll throw that that skit on there as as like a, a an extra. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. 
I'm kind of surprised that Roku didn't throw it because Roku has that whole Weird Al section now. Oh, okay. I have to go back. So to at that. least on my TV, I don't know how it is because yeah. I've got the actual Roku like TV. Mm-hmm. So it's like home and then weird and then you know. Then, so they 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 put a special category. Okay. And then in there, like you can either watch the movie, uh, like enter a sweepstakes, or then they have like just a video section. So like they have a whole like row of like Weird Al music videos. Oh, Madonna okay. music videos, like comedy videos. Oh, nice! I have to go. I have to go check that out. Yeah, I think because I know when I turned on my Roku Friday morning when it came out, I was actually going to watch something else. But of course, Roku, anytime something new is out, they'll change the home screen. I was like, oh, the Weird Al movies out. I was like, ah, I'll go ahead and start it. We'll see how you know. I'll get through a couple minutes, see how it goes, and I watched the whole thing. But I didn't see any extra stuff on there. But I haven't been back on there since then, so yeah. I have to check it out. Yeah, when I got home from work on Friday, I was like, I know what I, I want to like the, the endless debate that uh, I'm sure every couple has. What do you want to watch tonight? I don't know. What do you want to watch tonight? <laughs> and I was like, well, I know what I want to watch. I just don't think you do. So I might have to wait for you to go to bed. Right. And she's like, all right, I'll watch it. And, you know. Yep. I know that. I know that life all too well, <laughs> even though my wife typically falls asleep before anything. Anyway, different story. Yeah. Uh, she, she, she works different hours. And so I, I, so, it's my so, complaint, just a, just a fact of life. Uh, my wife has to get up at three thirty to go to work, so yeah. I mean, she has to be there by like five or something like that. So you understand so, yeah. the struggle. I do. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this. Uh, like I said, very weird bonus episode, but well worth it. We, I guess, we really didn't spoil that much. Maybe we did. I don't know. But if you haven't seen it, go watch Weird: The Al Yankovic Story on Roku TV. Yeah, it's uh, free. Yeah, it's And if you have watched it, go back and watch it again because I'm going to watch it again. Thanks, Nicholas, yeah. for being a part of this one. I thought oh. of you immediately when this when when thanks. I started watching the movie. Oh, thanks for letting me do this one. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening. Uh, go check out our other episodes. If you're not a regular listener of the podcast, we cover other 80s movies. Uh, not movies typically made in 2022, but this one had too much 80s in it to not talk about it. So... Thanks, everybody, for listening. For 86 Flashback, I'm Tim Williams. Good night, good people. Books have been around for almost a century, and in the last two decades, we've finally gotten to see many of these characters brought to life in movies and on TV. On the Moving Panels podcast, we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. Join me and my guests as we discuss both the good and the bad from Marvel, DC, and even some of the lesser-known comic book companies. Learn what is and isn't from the comics, as well as our nerdy review of the movie or show. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. So join us for Moving Panels, and I'll see you on the other side of the page. Now playing on a cell phone near you. A show for all the manly men out there. Where guys talk about their favorite movies and what they can teach us about being a man. Featuring the coolest guests. Murder somebody is not like killing an ant. The most gratifying laughs. It's Tombstone, what can I say? (laughs) (laughs) And a fresh take on movies like you've never heard before. 
this will be the thing that gets written on his proverbial tombstone. We aren't here to criticize the movies you love, but to praise them for how they apply to our lives as husbands, fathers, and really all men in general. So buckle up your seatbelts, because Manly Movies is here. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your other favorite podcast catcher. And remember, man up. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.